Hello everyone, my name is Florence Lambert and I am the Head of Arts and Creative Industry under British Council Malaysia. The British Council is the uh, UK's international organization for education and cultural opportunities. In Malaysia, our work includes a program called Connection to Culture. It aims to connect UK and Malaysian arts professionals and organizations to develop research and or creative collaborations. One such collaboration is Restaurants of Leeds by two companies, one from the UK called Knife Theatre and the other one from Malaysia called KL Shakespeare Players. And this grant supported an online artistic residency where the two companies collaborated on research about funding opportunities to tour this highly ambitious project and their collaboration process. So today I've been asked to facilitate a sharing session that would look at the research finding of the residency. And the question that we are trying to answer is, how can two small companies in different countries come together to create an ambitious work in a way that is genuinely collaborative and which represents genuine cultural exchange? My name is Sun Heng, and I'm from KL Shakespeare Players, and we are a theater in education based in Kuala Lumpur. My name's Tyrrell Jones, um, and uh, I'm an, a director, sometimes writer and producer, and we are Naive Theatre, and we are based in Leeds, UK, and we are a small theatre company that specialises in touring small-scale political work. I'm Thank Kian you. Lee Lim uh, from the KL Shakespeare Players in Malaysia, uh, I'm the artistic director and uh, also a producer. I'm Sam Redway. Uh, I'm a dramaturg and writer working across uh, theatre and opera. Uh, I'm currently researching and practicing community theatre and democracy and with Night Theatre, I'm creative director and dramaturg. Okay, so this is where it gets interesting for me because I'm in the, my job, my work is to connect people and to enable collaboration. So. Could you explain to me how Shakespeare, Opera, UK, Malaysia, how does that all come together? For Leeds 2023, we had to work with somebody in Leeds. At that point in time, we didn't know any company. So, of course, we rattled uh, our network of theatre practitioners in the UK and somebody came up with Naive Theatre. And that person has only, I think, the briefest of encounter, but he was astute enough to make the observations. I think you guys will click. So I wrote a letter and then <laughs> the rest is 19 months of history <laughs> in the making. <laughs> My God, we got this email um, from just, yeah, this random for, for us at that point, it seemed a random sort of email uh, that just arrived in their inbox, you know, from a company in Malaysia, like, do you want to have a conversation about applying together for this grant? And it turned out that um, the person that put us in touch was someone who had seen actually the first show that Sam and I wrote together that um, we uh, that that has pretty much been fairly consistently touring since we wrote it in uh, 2013. Uh, it was a show about Osama bin Laden, a um, one-person show that's kind of been all over the world. Yeah, and there, there was clearly something um, about those two things that this person thought would click, and 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 it it really um, it really did. And I think when we started talking, the things that we realised 
really in the first meeting it was very similar first of all you know, we, we're two companies of basically exactly the same size where, uh, you know, um, which is, which is quite interesting. Um, so there is a real parallel there. We're also two very small scale companies that are actually like doing quite ambitious work, but often with quite like tight budgets. And, uh, we have that kind of, and we have that mix in our practice of being creatives, but also kind of producers and understanding the business side of things and fundraising as well but creatively the thing that really clicked was that we um all had a real like interest and engagement in ideas and the strength of ideas i think we all put ideas at the heart of our work and uh, and the, the power of those ideas to sort of to change or to shape conversation with an audience i think is really really key to all of our practices and so we we were very it was yeah the conversations very quickly and it, be, it became clear that we would get a really struggle to keep our meetings just down to an hour because once we got talking we we just had so much to talk about and that i think was an instant was an instant chemistry despite the fact that we have actually never ever met in person this entire interaction has been uh, on online I, I think we have now developed this really kind of quite well, a fantastic creative relationship actually, where where we we feel like we really know each other really well, even though we've never been in the same room. It's amazing how it's quite actually a gamble, um, and it's really a fifty-fifty, isn't it? It's either you click or you don't. In this particular instance, when the two the two parties don't know each other. Now, I'm interested to find out from both both of you. Well, from the four of you. Why is it important for you to collaborate internationally? What does it bring? Wouldn't it be easier to just turn to the people you know around you? Or why do you seek international collaborations? For me, there's um, there's something very kind of glaringly obvious about that for for me in in coming from and living in a country which is just. Uh, cut itself off from all of its international partners and pretended to find a way to kind of fill that hole uh, for the since 2016, I can't remember how many years that is. But this this idea that we're living in a country where we are actively reducing our internationality, um, mm-hmm. the arts has always been a place that, especially theatre, has been a, a nas- very porous national boundaries. We've always borrowed from other people, we've always in conversation being affected by um, both thematically and stylistically um, and culturally other people and from other places and I think in a very uh, in a very simple way it's a way of going well we don't necessarily agree with that we think the arts we don't agree with what the, the way the UK is going at the moment we want we want to maintain our international roots as an art form and uh, and this uh, I think all of us have have a belief that there's a there's a strength in a diversity that you don't necessarily get by isolate, isolating ourselves around a small pocket of people. I think in in, in terms of uh, the UK and Malaysia, we, we have an amazing amount of shared historical culture in that we're both uh, melting pot countries that have the lots of different weather fronts historically of culture that come through the country and left their mark in it. And that's an ongoing process. And 
we, I think all of us look at that history as a positive, that we all enjoy the fact that we come from countries where you can't necessarily go, that is something that is British, that is something that is Malaysian, it is always something that has been affected by um, migration in some sort, in some ways. Um, and I think that's, again, that feels like it's cutting against an awful lot of the political, the, the mainstream political um, narratives, particularly in the UK. So there's a very political dimension to this as well as an, an artistic dimension, but this idea that, that collaboration is a, is a place of strength and internationality is important to that if we're going to keep moving together as a species. Yeah, so I'm sitting on the Malaysian side. I'm really curious to hear what the Malaysians have to say about that. Well, for me, it's, it's really doing something with somebody you have no idea who this person is, what their interests are, beyond the fact that they are interested in theatre. We are interested in theatre. And beyond that, we didn't know anything about each other. In the moment of collaborating, we were not even sure whether it would work, but but the fact that we spent time thinking about working together, I think we have become friends. And I think that's the the, the heart of trying to when we talk about kind of this rosy painted world. This is a way of making the world work together. One reason why we have decided that we are going to be theatre and education and in Malaysia, having actors who are from the different races going out into the kampongs, going into the public schools to say, look, Chinese, Malay, Indian, others, we are all here as one group, one ensemble. I just want to say kampung, kampung for our audience means villages in, in, in Bahasa. Have just... just... <laughs> So, so this is so important. I, I think the world has become so, hit, used the word balkanized. We, there's so many pockets of different groups of people who don't want to talk to each other. We yeah. point fingers at each other. And what I love about this is we didn't know these guys, these two white guys from Leeds. Mm. But, you know, I'll give them my shirt on my back. <laughs> I also want to add that I mean, for, for me personally, I don't know if it's the same for everybody else, but the, the real highlights of my career have been when I've been able to travel with with work and not just personally, but also take our work to other places and to collaborate with artists from different countries. And it's been so enriching artistically to see how that in other places, things are done differently. And it's very easy, isn't it, when you're in one culture, um, whether it be an artistic culture or a kind of national culture, to go, oh yeah, well, this is this is how things are done here. This, this, this is how things have always been done. This is how things will always be done. But then you go somewhere else and you suddenly go, oh, well, but actually they do things differently. Maybe we could do things differently. And suddenly the world is, it seems more changeable and the possibilities open up because you're like, oh, well, we don't have to do it this way. It could be done this way. And suddenly everything feels like much more possible. Um, when you are like connecting with, with more, with, with, with these different ways of doing things. And that's, that's on a political level. Um, and, and also an artistic level in a kind of practice based way. Um, and I think it's, 
personally, I find it incredibly enriching. And um, I mean, you know, the, the arts in the UK is appallingly badly paid, broadly speaking, particularly in the subsidised arts sector. And you, there has you to should be... Go, you should no. try it here. <laughs> yeah. I'm, you should I'm, try I'm, to come see here. Yeah. It sounds like it's similar in Malaysia. And I think if you're, if you're, if you, you know, I think we've all chosen these kind of lifestyles because we love doing what we do and it gives us great personal satisfaction and, and enrichment and there are so many struggles and so many barriers but working with people in a different from from different places is so joyful it 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 goes a long way to making those sacrifices and those struggles like much much more worthwhile and i think those are the things that um those are the things that make that make it the, uh, an incredibly exciting career to be in, and 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 I think that it's it is hundred percent the most exciting thing I would say about you know the last five ten. Years. When I listen to you, uh, there is one word that comes to my mind, which is mutuality. In our work and the British Council, uh, um, those connections that we enable, they have to be mutual, and they have to be mutually beneficial to the UK side and the Malaysian side. I fully hear what you're saying about how it's not just about one party mentoring the other one uh, and giving uh, and the other one taking, but it's really, it's got to be a shared. So would you say that this is exactly how the spirit of this particular collaboration has been? I think so. It, it was a stipulation, wasn't it, at the beginning, where, that it was actually when we applied together that it had to be equal and so we 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 um we actually we thought about that and we were like well how can we make sure that this process happens and so we actually did create a manifesto um uh a, a with with uh, together um to enable that shared shared practice okay Laura, uh, can i say a little bit more about the manifesto Oh, sure. We have we have, we have worked with other organized groups before, or even individuals coming to 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 do some workshops, or and then build something upon it. But we have never had a group that said, "Hey, let's start with a manifesto." I think because we started with a manifesto, we had a very at least a clearer understanding of where we were going. But but beyond the words that tell points the direction, for me, what became important was it provided a kind of emotional safe space mm. that, that we have said, okay, you are allowed to disagree. We are all allowed to disagree, but we will also make space for apologizing if we come to the realization, you know, it wasn't the best thing I proposed or it wasn't the best thing I said. But so that this all we have created in a sense, the space where there is mutual respect and mutual trust and also the willingness to take risks. Okay, so at this stage, I really want to dive a little bit deeper into the project itself and the journey and the process of the project. So we need to track back a little bit. Can any one of you explain to our listeners what was this project all about? What were your objectives? You just mentioned the manifesto as part of the process. Can you tell us more about the process of the project? 
But I wonder if sharing the manifesto itself is a good part to kind of a good way to to begin that uh, exploration yeah. process and journey and Go take ahead. that as a starting point. Um, we will work in collaboration. We will share leadership. We will keep it in the room. And by that we meant everything about this we is together in the same space that we do have separate conversations but it's all together we will give focus to diasporic identities which was one of the first things that we wanted to do uh, creatively we will give focus to the hospitality industry uh, which again was another of our major interests we will allow though the perspectives of those working in the hospitality industry to alter and surprise ours we will allow space for disagreement so this is kind of back to process again we will allow space for all ideas we will speak freely without fear of judgment we will create space for apology we will respond to ideas with clarifying questions or additions we will use this time to create possibilities rather than shut them down we will seek opportunity to engage practically this should be in every marriage contract <laughs> <laughs> sorry that's my initial reaction that's how uh, mind-blowing it is uh, i think it's brilliant seriously i think it should be part of the process it's brilliant will we be able to get a copy yeah we can definitely send a copy over when i was thinking about what we have done or what we plan to do or what would happen if funding just ceases and uh, leads and british council say okay you guys go do whatever you want to do we are not interested anymore and, and I, I took a step back i said okay if things come to a crashing halt right now how would I feel? And, and I wrote it down as, as part of my own blog, is that regardless, I felt that the 19 months were like a moments of joy of engaging. Yeah, we haven't quite arrived at producing something, but we have spent so much time talking about it that, yeah, this thing will come to fruition, maybe not tomorrow, not next month, but it will because because we have started on a journey that has really made us connect in a very deep way. And, and that's the thing I, I think I want to thank British Council and B2023 for, is that regardless what happens, they have allowed four people from different parts of the world to, to come together and really say, I value you, I value what you have to say, and I think Together, we can work. Well, really, that's enough. That's what yeah, to hear. Yeah, well, we were sort of reflecting on just like how, like, you know, we, I remember the, uh, one of the first conversations with you, you were saying, oh, it's, it's good, it's great to see this, like, level of kind of collaboration at the point of, um, of, point of application, because often you get um, relationships that are barely formed when people apply to British Council people have just kind of maybe have been in touch over email and maybe had a quick chat but they don't really know each other they don't really understand each other and there isn't necessarily like a connection we, we, we call them proxy collaborators 
proxy collaborators. Yeah. Yeah. And we were thinking about that and we were kind of go, well, you know, that I guess one of the really difficult things about, um, about forming these relationships is that, um, often like, I mean, often, I mean, yeah, there's, there's very, there's often very little money around the point of writing applications. So unless you're a big organization, you're probably not paying anyone to write those applications. And then there's that awkward moment of kind of like, well, okay, well, maybe this collaboration could work, but who's going to write the application because that's free work. How much of your time can I demand? Like, I'm aware that, you know, there's no money yet. You might be busy or all of that kind of, all, all of those things. It's like, it's almost like a, it can be an imposition, right? On, on, on another collaborator, a new relationship and you don't really know how much can you ask of them. And, um, and by, by their, you know, essentially being sort of a few stages where actually the applications were relatively not too onerous they weren't too long but they were quite small pots of money but it meant that we were able to collaborate enough to get those first applications off and then we were quite quickly being moved into a stage where actually we were being paid to spend time with each other and that paid time meant that we could really go deep and we could really do everything that is actually needed to connect with each other, to build a relationship. And now I think we're going to be, um, we're going to be writing on going into our next funding stage from a real position of strength and like mutual knowledge of each other and huge mutual respect. And actually, I think what we were kind of reflecting is that actually to create those relationships does take time and it's hard to give those relationships time without some money for those relationships. Actually, what's been so unique is that we've had some money to develop a relationship. And that is, that, that is really, really unusual in my experience and quite fantastic. Um, and I think that's what has made this really, really special is money and time to just develop a relationship. And I guess in terms of what, what where you started with this question and kind of unpicking a bit of process and, and what it is that we're up to, that, that I think leads into a little bit of like, it kind of broke into two, so far what we've done is broken into two broad phases. One is that Lee 2023 put up a, uh, a post asking for international collaborators to, to pitch ideas to them. And it was a, it, you pitch very early rough idea, we would like to collaborate and then they would pay essentially for early R&D to put up a pitch to them at a big pitch event online. Uh, and that was how we met uh, KL Shakespeare Players was through a connection through British Council. Um, and we put that up, we got accepted into the program. Then we started trying to generate these ideas and ideas about kind, kind of diaspora, which is one of the leading questions, I guess, from at least 2023, their interest in diasporic experience and, and kind of, well, actually, Malaysia and the UK have quite an interesting relationship with diaspora. Well, let's let's kind of throw around some ideas. Food started emerging as some as some uh, kind of shared theme for those kids and how we how food both maps kind of colonially as well as mig migrancy of food and and kind of opens up a lot of kind of a lot of interesting collabor uh, collaborative conversations. Um, and that turned into a pitch that turned into then a little bit of extra money from them to to continue developing this idea, which then in a way relayed into a, a further conversation with British Council, um, which which was a bit more specifically, how can we take the idea that we've developed with Leeds 2023 time and find a way to realistically deliver what is actually a much more ambitious project than we thought we would end up pitching to Leeds 2023. And 
how can we actually do service to that? And so the second phase of this, once we've designed roughly what this very ambitious collaborative experience would be across two different countries in two different ways, uh, with also connecting communities, was then we would have, uh, we had a bit of time to, uh, in a sense, research what the international landscape is for funding and, and, and the funding pots and the funding availability, the infrastructural capacity in both in both countries and also if there is anything that is specifically international and then to go back to our initial idea and go well now that we know what the funding landscape what the infrastructure looks like what what is still around after the pandemic and after brexit and after uh, within the climate crisis when there's an awful lot of stuff going on about well let's reduce our international travel unless it's uh, unless it's very necessary or unless it's in a very green way um all of that feeling like stumbling blocks to a to an international collaboration but spending time to see them not as stumbling blocks necessarily but as opportunities and then to go back to our idea and tailor the idea to fit those funding pots so that we've got the best chance possible to actually take this ridiculously ambitious long-term collaborative project on um, and that's the process we've just come to the end of so we're now taking the, that idea that we think we've tailored for the uh, the funding landscape and pushing it out there to see what does bite and come back um because that's always the 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 scary cliff edge of any kind of uh, ideation and you go great now we've actually got to make the thing happen and everyone might turn around and go no um you mentioned a difficult climate you mentioned um post pandemic you mentioned you know um so why did you, when you studied the, 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 the international funding um, landscape, what, what did, what, do you have anything that, that you could share that would be of help to people who are looking at doing an international collaboration? Yeah, we, we do. Yeah, there, there is a kind of uh, a reflection that we, that we have. And we looked at quite a lot of, um, we, we looked at a huge spread um, of funding um, opportunities and funding pots. And the thing that we, the thing that we realized is that, I mean, there is a lot out there, um, but um, there, there is, um, that obviously all funders have different kind of key investment principles or, you know, key performance indicators or KPIs or whatever you want to call them. Each kind of funder has a different way of describing them. One of the difficulties is being able to create projects which can straddle many investment principles across different pots. And actually that's one of the key things is being able to create something which has the opportunity to tap into multiple pots. Because if you're looking at a big international project, you're going to need to raise a lot of money. And it's probably not going to come from just one place. Unless, of course, you're primarily fo your primary focus is on like big kind of arts institutions in those different countries um uh, and maybe getting a commission from those places and that and that's um and that's a that's maybe a different story um but we're two small companies and we're not at a, in a position to sort of ring up a big arts institution to get a lot of money out of them um, uh, very quickly we're not at that we're not at that level and so this is really advice that's tailored to other small companies who are maybe doing similar things to us, looking at kind of a grant-based approach. But what bit has become really clear about the grant-based approaches is that there is very little at the moment 
accessible from Malaysia and the UK and just broad international pots, which is um, which is primarily about um, fostering, say, artistic collaboration uh, between countries. The British Council does do that, um, but very few other places. Or primarily about um, primarily about the the work of art itself being created as a primary focus. And the, the, for the most part, the primary focus is on measurable and quantifiable social outcome and a social good and now obviously i mean we certainly all feel that all of our work has a um a, a really powerful social good like you know we um uh, we make work which we believe changes the way people think and 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 transforms the way people think about ideas in a way which we think is a huge social good but without an ability to have some kind of tangible result, um, that does not translate to most funders. Most funders are interested in measurable social good, which means that if you are wanting to access the bigger pots, you need to be thinking about the social good that is going to come of the artistic work first, and then the and then the production that you want to make which is a big shift for us. For us, it's not just about numbers. It's not just about saying, oh, you know, we've managed to support 50 UK participants, organizations. It's not just that, but it's really about how do we advocate for what we're doing to continue? Is what we're doing good enough? Can somebody give me a quick summary of what were your discoveries through this process and give me a sense of what is the future, the immediate future for this? And how would you like the, 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 the projects to be to the project to be shared in the future with more audiences? Anyone? Uh, yeah, I think for now, what we have done is that we look at the funding landscape. We look at how, um, in the context of the, so, some of this, that many of the funds come to us if we follow the, the investment principles of the funds. And so by looking at this, okay, if we want to get this first part done, well, these are the funds that we need to apply to. And based on, on what we then have a, have a, can achieve, we then can take the information to go to other funds. So it's it's like the cumulative effect of getting some funds, succeeding in the first manifestation or the first iteration, and then going on from there. That's that's how we. And, and it's in it. I think well, that's another thing. It's in it. want to read and a key point that actually a big ambitious project like this with um uh with companies of our scale, they would need to come in stages. And just like this thing has come in stages, it's been a little bit here, a little bit there, and then the next stage will be a bit bigger, but, but still that'll be a long way before the final stage. And so we actually need to think about who is going to fund each individual stage and think of them as separate, not just raising the money for an entire project start to finish. And I think that's really, I think, key for anyone who's tried to do a similar thing is that 
you don't have to get everything all at once. It's actually really beneficial to do it in stages and then be patient and, and, and plan for it to be something that's going to happen over a number of years with a number of different partners. Where can someone who is looking at, you know, um, uh, a project like this can find your manifesto, your, 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 your process, your research, where can we find that? Well, we are, we are talking with Lee's 2023 about, about creating a blog, but, um, we'll, we'll also be talking to them about how we disseminate a bit more of the information because there's far more, uh, than we could put in a 400 word blog for all of this stuff. So I imagine either it'll be through Lee's 2023, um, that, that we'll be sharing some stuff through, or our website will also probably be signal boosting those things anyway. So kind of keep in. Keep, keep looking it'll be somewhere <laughs> and and i think we'll probably try and share as well some of our process of like working online because i think that's one of the really interesting things for people to think about i mean i, I don't think it's this is hugely original because i think a lot of people have been discovering these things over the pandemic but the the sort of the prevalence and the way people are comfortable with communicating digitally now does mean that international collaboration is really possible you know, we, our entire collaboration has happened over this platform on zoom, like, but video calling means that you can collaborate with somebody on the other side of the world with ease actually. So, and there are certain things that you need to do to make sure that that doesn't impact the quality of the work because it can do, but that's one thing is that it's possible to be kind of in a working space together, even though you're not in the same physical space. It's nearly as good. And um, and then the other thing is that we sort of quite quickly realized that we needed some digital tools that would enable us to have a kind of creative space together, a bit like a rehearsal room. And for us, the thing that really worked was Miro, which is like um, a kind of... Um, it's a sort of mind mapping kind of board sort of thing. It's kind of the same as when in a rehearsal when we have a massive piece of paper down the middle of a table and everyone sticks post-it notes on it and draws on it and all, all the ideas go down. And the Miro board, because people can use it simultaneously, it became a really nice way of us putting all of our ideas down. And actually, we've got these two Miro boards now that are absolutely massive. We've really every single idea that's ever been spoken about in our in our discussions over the last 18 months and then it's all there and we can go back to it at any point um so that has been a really really useful online tool and i imagine that different people will find different tools particularly useful for them and their process but i would definitely recommend if they're kind of going for this digital online collaboration that they they find a tool which is a really creative tool for them which allows them to be creative I mean, the, the use of this digital tools also, I, I think, really helps uh, reduce the carbon footprint, reduce the cost mm -hmm. of creating a, a production down the road. In, in the, another way also is that because we are able to do things offline, record that, and then share it digitally, that too made, uh, you know, if you want to rehearse certain things, you want to look at ideas, that are manifested, not just kind of in words, but something that you can see is aha. For instance, Sam did something with a cut out paper mask from a piece of paper. And then we looked at that and 
Kenny and I kind of, because we were at that point in time in the same space, I said, okay, we will create a video of what Sam did by himself at home with a piece of paper. And and because of Kenny's ability to, to work with digital media, we created something quite interesting. So it was using Zoom, but at the same time, not locked into this windows of, you know, sitting down and talking. So digital platform, digital tools can help us reduce the cost of rehearsal or of development, developing a, an original work. I will have one last question for you. If I gave you a magic wand, which I don't have, so don't ask, but what would you do? What would you want from, you know, funders, from arts organizations? How would you envisage a better world? Honestly, uh, to a large degree, and this isn't the entire magic wand, but I'll put it in anyway, uh, to a large degree, more of these kinds of things. There are very few organizations like Lease 2023 and British Council who want to pay for the time free application, as it were, to big idea, to collaborate with each other, because that stuff takes time to develop deeply. There are very few people who are willing to kind of take that risk on, even in a small pot of money, just to kind of go, okay, spend spend three weeks just kind of learning each other. More of that would be ace, I think, across the board. What has happened so far is all in a way serendipity that we have been, we, while we pitched for the uh, a kind of final product, it, which it didn't quite play out, we were given small pockets of fundings that allowed us time. And this has been, a, the, I think, the real fruit of the collaboration ordered that we can, we've spent time, we got to know each other. Now we have spent time, we can come up with something good. And I think on paper we have, and we now need to really test it. But the, the best part was we got time to think. Okay. Yeah. I just want to add one more. She said, uh, on top of all this is we need to have a conversation session like this. And, and it need to be also shared with other artists. That's exactly what we are trying to do. Because I find a lot of times it's like, uh, funders, they said this is what we want, and you guys should have no. Uh, you should, you, you guys should have uh, found a way to do this because this is important. But there's no conversation, and then we, the artists, will blame. Say, oh, funders, you don't understand us artists. Yeah, you just your demand is uh, too unreasonable. This, so we, we need this kind of uh, exchange. No, I I totally agree, and and you know. Um... For me, the, 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 what I would say about this, this project, um, is that number one, you've trust me enough to ask me to be the facilitator of this conversation. So <laughs> thank you very much. You didn't have to, you could have done this with someone else, but you, you, you ask us to do that. So thank you very much. And for me, the other thing is that, um, this is this collaboration and, and this particular process of, of talking about the process of the collaboration is exactly the kind of testimonial that we've achieved what we were trying to do, which is to, co to, 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 to create connections, create a collaboration, and in the end, create trust. So thank you very much.
everyone for for your hard work and for your your trust and generosity thank Thank you you. thank you thank you for spending this time with us thank you thank you everyone at home for for listening